2: Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And we are broadcasting to you live from the Asylum Studios here in beautiful Eagle Pass, Texas. Folks, it's been a beautiful day here in Eagle Pass. We had a a hot one. Uh, We pretty close to 100 degrees today. Uh, it was a busy day at the uh, at the regular job, but uh, we're here tonight, and we're excited to be with you for our Thursday night Bible study. Uh, now, for the last 17 weeks, we've been digging into the book of Revelation, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, laying precept upon precept, and uh, it has really been a challenging study. Now, on tonight's Bible study, we're going to get into chapter 15. Now, what we've done so far through Revelation 14 is, uh, you know, we've gone through the first half of the tribulation. And uh, what we're doing now is we're entering somewhere in the second half uh, because it's indicated, first of all, by God telling us that these last seven plagues, that uh, in them is filled up the wrath of God. So God's wrath finally comes to a consummation. And when God dumps His wrath out on things, it's going to be a sorry sight. Now, before we get into the Bible study for tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, SwordOfTheSpiritPodcast.com. That's Sword of the Spirit Podcast. Dot com, And when you get over there, head over to our contact section, open up that web form, and why don't you send us over a message. Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to send over those prayer requests. I really do look forward to getting those prayer requests, and I look forward to being able to take them and uh, pray over them with you and for you in my private time with the Lord, and then, of course, to bring it before the Sword of the Spirit podcast family and so we can pray about it all together. Now, uh, if you don't like to use the web forum, hey, you know what? That's totally fine. You could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at Sword of the Spirit Podcast Now also, while you're on the website, would you please look for that support this podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for ninety-nine cents, four ninety-nine or nine ninety-nine a month. Now if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, I understand that. It's you know the economy's hard for everybody. It's uh Look, I went shopping the other day, and I cannot believe that I spent as much as I spent, and I came home with nothing. (laughs) It was like, uh, wow, a little smack in the face there. But uh, if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, uh, maybe you can do a one-time contribution. And if you can do that, you could always click on the WayGiver button, uh, which is on our home site, or you could scan the Cash App QR code, which is also on our website. So why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, If these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and of course, if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, as always, first and foremost, before we do anything else with the show, uh, I always want to take a moment here, and I just want to give thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for so many things, so, so many things. But first of all, what I want to thank the Lord for is that tremendous gift of salvation. Now, salvation is a free gift. It's a gift that it's a penalty that was paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in the flesh. When Jesus Christ was crucified on that cross at Calvary, the blood that He shed wasn't man's blood. It was God's pure, holy blood, pure, sinless blood. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 makes that abundantly clear, that it was God's blood that was spilled on the cross of Calvary. And it was God's blood that paid the penalty for your sin and mine. All you have to do is be willing to accept that gift. Remember what the Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 16, that very famous verse, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever That's you. That's me. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a gift, my friends. It's a gift for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And there is absolutely nothing that you can do to get saved. There's no work that you can do. Your baptism will not save you. Your, your uh, communion, your confirmation will not save you. Uh, simply going to church will not save you. Your particular religious denomination will not save you. So it doesn't make a difference if you're a Catholic or if you're a Presbyterian, a Baptist, a Methodist, an Episcopalian. It doesn't matter. None of that will save you. The only thing that saves you is accepting the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Bible says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by his mercy he saved us. So if you're not saved today, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? There is absolutely no excuse right now while you could not and should not call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. All you have to do is put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the finished work and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Just bow your head in prayer and just let the Lord know, hey, Lord, I am a a dirty, rotten, foul, disgusting sinner, and I'm on my way to hell. But, Lord, I believe that you paid the penalty for my sin. And, Lord, all I have to do is ask, and I will receive the gift of eternal life. So, Lord, I ask you right now to save me. And I'm telling you, folks, if you do that, and you, you are sincere, and that's something that that uh, that that the Lord has laid upon your heart. That you need to get saved. You want to get saved. He'll save you. He'll save you. Just call upon. Just call upon the name of the Lord. Now, of course, I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me to have this ministry opportunity. This is a tremendous blessing. It's a tremendous opportunity for me. Uh, to, to be able to sit down behind this microphone twice a week and open up the Word of God with you and and uh, and kind of pull all of our ignorance, ignorance together and uh, piece together the Word of God and apply it to our everyday life. It's a real blessing. It's a challenge at times, but it's something that the Lord has given me, and I am so tremendously grateful for it. And, uh, you know, the Lord has blessed it. He has blessed it, and I cannot deny that he's blessed it, and it's been an incredible, incredible time over the last year that we've been doing this. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of you who currently support us through your prayers. Thank you so much for your prayers, and God bless you. Please continue to pray for us. Please continue to pray for this ministry, my family, for myself, uh, because, you know, when you step out and you start serving the Lord, well, you got to contend with those fiery darts of the wicked and uh believe me when i tell you uh when you get saved there is nothing in the bible that says that it's an easy ride there's nothing in the word of god that says that whatsoever does god want the best for you absolutely he does does god promise the best for you no he does not no he does not at least not in this life so the moment that you step out in service to the lord you can expect to be attacked from all angles And the most vicious attack you're going to face is going to be the spiritual attack. And uh, that's what I'm talking about when I say about the fiery darts of the wicked one. So, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a your prayers are so incredibly important. And it's so important that you continue to pray for ministries uh, for like ours and your friends and your family. And uh, and just please continue, continue to pray. I also want to say thank you to all of you who support us financially already. God bless you for your financial support. Thank you so very much for it. Uh, Your financial support really does go a very long way. It does help us. To uh, meet all of our expenses, and it also enables us to send out gifts to uh, missionaries that we talk about from time to time, uh, uh, and help them with uh, their financial needs in service to the Lord, and uh, to buy Bibles to send out the Bibles uh, to folks that uh, that are, that ask for them, and it's uh, so it's a it's a blessing for you to be able to uh, financially support us in that way, and we are tremendously thankful for it, and. Uh, Uh, We ask the Lord to bless you for it each and every day. I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners, every single one of you, for uh, your faithfulness and the plays and the downloads for this show. Uh, I was looking over our our numbers, and uh, we are well over 11,000 plays and downloads right now. And uh, it has just been amazing, absolutely amazing. And I am very thankful to all of you for it. And uh, you know, please keep uh, keep sharing the show with your friends and uh, your family, and uh, please get your get get the show links out there on your social media. Uh, it's so important to get the word of God out, especially today. Uh, if you just you know, you don't necessarily have to be uh, a student of history to look at what's going on in the world and realize that um, that we are coming to a to a uh, to a point now in our history, in the history of the church age where uh, god 's going to blow the trumpet soon, the church is going to get raptured out, and we're going to be on our way and then the, and then the tribulation will begin so we're very very close folks, and uh, that 's why it is so important for you to get this this show out to your friends and your family, your followers on social media. Now, of course, now wherever you're listening to the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Uh, If you have the ability to give us a five-star review, if you feel like we deserve a five-star review, hit that button. Give us that five-star. Write up a review. Uh, We'd love to get them. We'd love to see them and get the feedback. And uh, by doing all of that, you are helping us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, How about we get to some announcements? All right, so uh, here we are. It's our Thursday night Bible study, and we meet every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, as you know, on our Thursday night for the last uh, 16 weeks, we've been going through the uh, incredibly challenging book of Revelation. And uh, tonight we'll be getting into Revelation chapter 15. And uh, Lord willing, we'll uh, we'll get through the whole message tonight. And... um, it's been a real blessing to, to, to teach this and to study, and I'm hoping that you're getting a blessing out of it as well. And the feedback that I've been getting from you guys have been has been wonderful and very encouraging and very supportive, and, and I really do appreciate it all. And uh, I'm going to invite you to keep tuning in every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can hear the show live on our website, Podcast.com. We have this really nice uh, uh, player on our homepage. You can check it out there. Or uh, if you prefer, you can go over to our host site, which is Spreaker, spreaker spreaker.com, and then search for The Sword of the Spirit Podcast. And uh, you can even subscribe. Uh, To the show, there you could follow it and you'll get email notifications when we're about to go live as well. So, uh, and you could also listen to the show on our website. Now, also, I want to remind you about our Sermon Sunday broadcast every Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, last week I mentioned to you that uh, we are going to be taking off the next two Sundays, so there will be no Sermon Sunday broadcast uh, over the next two weeks. And uh, we'll be back with the Sermon Sunday broadcast by the end of June, and we'll get things kicked off once again there. But every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, again, you can hear us on our website, sort of the spirit Podcast.com, or you can check out our um, speaker uh, uh, page. <laughs> okay. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible believing and Bible teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday uh, Sunday evening service begins at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is visit the church's Facebook page, And just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. Once you get there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information. And because of the kindness and generosity of the folks at First Baptist Church and also our pastor, John Monk, uh, you'll also find episodes of this podcast there as well. Now, folks, um, I've mentioned this to you before. If your intention is to go through the Tribulation, and then the Great Tribulation, the last three and a half years of it, uh, you don't intend on getting saved now when it's the easiest time to do it, but instead you'd rather you know, try your luck, you'd rather uh, fight your way and, uh, and struggle through the Tribulation period, well, you're going to need some really interesting and helpful information from the folks at the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast that's how that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week depending on the current events, and there are no issues that are off-limits to any of these patriots. If you want a breakdown of current events, got it. Uh, If you're planning on going through the uh, tribulation, uh, you're going to need to know and want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency. Well, we've got that. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Well, you know what? We've got that too. You want to hear more about politics? You want to hear more Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more? Well, the Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades, and you can find the Contra Radio Network on all of your major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, P- Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. You could also find them at www.crn.best. dot best. That's www.crn.best. dot best. Now, folks, if you are looking for uh, another uh, Bible believer. Bible-based, Bible-believing podcast, I would really want to recommend to you uh, my good friend and my brother in Christ, Chase Tobin's Three Pillars podcast. The Three Pillars podcast focuses on personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Uh, Brother Chase drops a new episode every Friday morning, so... uh, this being Thursday night, we are looking forward to uh, tomorrow morning's episode. If you haven't checked the last episode, don't skip leg day. You really do need to check it out. It's, it's a great episode, and uh, just like all the other shows puts, he puts out there, uh, check him out. Uh, he's on all your major podcast platforms, including YouTube and Rumble. Another good Bible Believer uh, podcast is uh, the Busy Believer podcast podcast which is hosted by monica hansen she drops a new episode every wednesday so uh her latest episode is out you should check definitely check it out it's a it's it's really well put together and uh she presents the gospel message in, in a very clear and concise way and we're we're thankful for that so uh don't forget to check them out they're on they're available on every major podcasting platform as well now folks uh just want to remind you to head over to our, our website, of com and look for the Programming Announcements subscription box. The Programming Announcements is just an email list that we, we've been putting together so that if in the event this, there's a uh, delay in the broadcast, a change in the programming schedule, or if we have a guest, or, or any other thing that might pop up over the course of a week, uh, we're going to send out an email to you to let you know what's going on. Uh, it's the easiest way for us to get in touch with you, considering that you know between Sunday and Thursday, a lot of things can happen. So uh, that's the best way for us to get to you. So please get on the mailing list. Don't cost you nothing. Uh, we're not going to sell your information to anybody. Everything's going to stay here with me. And then uh, we're not going to spam you either. So you know, what better deal can you get than that? So why don't you just head over to our website, sign up for the programming announcements subscription, and stay in the know. Now, also on our website, uh, head on over to the Sword Swag section. When you get over there, you're going to find these great Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs uh, like I have in my hot little hand right here. And uh, today's beverage of choice is a uh, Starbucks iced coffee. So uh, I would recommend that you get one of these mugs because they are fantastic for uh, these cool beverages. Mm. Also, you can get that mug, I should say, for a twenty-five dollar contribution. Sorry, I got an ice chip in my mouth. Uh, you can get one of these mugs for a twenty-five dollar contribution, or if and if you want one of these uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts, like the one that I'm wearing, uh, you can get that as well on our Sword Swag page, and uh, that will run you a thirty-five dollar contribution. Uh, just click the info button that's on the page, and then we will send you the link where you can make your uh, contribution, and then we will send those items out to you as quickly as we possibly can. All right. I think uh, that should pretty much do it for our announcements at the moment. All right, folks. So what we'll do here is we'll take our first break of the uh, of the evening, and when we come back from this break, we'll get into our prayer list Uh, and we'll be praying for the folks that are in need of salvation, those that are sick, those who have just some general uh, prayer requests, and, of course, all of our unspoken prayer requests. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hello and welcome to the Three Pillars podcast. My name is Chase Tobin, aka Tobinated the Motivator, and I'm happy to have you here with me. This podcast is focused on a holistic approach to growth using the three pillars of fitness. Those are spiritual, mental, and physical fitness. Using these three pillars, we will build a foundation which we can all grow to be better uh, human beings on our walk with each other and our walk with the Lord. So without further ado, welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast.
0: Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
2: And welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruscio, and uh, you know we're going to come to our uh, prayer segment of the uh, of the show. And since it is Thursday night, we don't uh, go through the entire list uh, name by name, uh, but we do. Uh, but we'll run through them once to uh, just to alert everyone to any changes that might have come through, and then we'll pray for the entire list as a whole. Now, first and foremost, before we uh, pray for anything else, we always pray for those that are in need of salvation. And the reason why we do that, and I say it every time we do this, is that uh, your decision for the Lord Jesus Christ is absolutely critical. Absolutely critical. Uh, The Bible says that ye must be born again. The Bible says that you have to be saved in order to get to heaven. The Bible says, well, the Lord Jesus Christ says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So it is critical, absolutely critical, that if you want to escape hell, you need to get saved. So your decision for salvation is the single most important decision you will ever make in your life, because it has eternal consequences. Now, on our prayer list tonight, we are praying again for my mom, Diane. We're praying for Cindy. We're praying for David. We're praying for the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're praying for Manuel's mother. We're praying for Sharon. And Adam has asked for prayer for his dad for salvation. And then on our sick list, we are... Continuing to pray for uh, Pastor Martin. Pastor Martin uh, has uh, has uh, some heart problems. He has some uh, p- extremely poor vision. Uh, he has really bad eczema. And uh, so we're going to be continuing to pray for Pastor Martin, for his health, his overall health, for his vision. Um, and, uh, you know, Pastor Martin, again, is... He's 89 and he still goes out and street preaches once a week. He still reads his Bible every day for 10 chapters. no matter how long it takes him to get through those chapters in a day he takes 10 chapters every single day. All right so we're going to continue to pray for Pastor Martin. We're also praying for uh, for my mom who uh, is in rehab up in New York and we're praying that she's going to be able to be released so she can head back home uh, very soon. We're also praying for my sister, Laura, for a slipped disc in her back. We're praying for uh, Bernice, who's a member of our church here. And uh, Bernice has cancer, and so we're praying for uh, uh, the, uh, the treatments that she's under. And we're also praying that the Lord would help to uh, boost, increase her appetite. We're also praying for Bernice's mom, Laura, who is uh, battling cancer as well. We're praying for Janae, who has a uh, heart condition that we've been praying for for some time now. We're also praying for Sharon Baldino, who has cancer. We're praying for Martin Mata, who has lymphoma. Daniel Villarreal, with leukemia. Alex Ortiz, with uh, difficulty breathing. Diego Ortiz, uh, which is his son, uh, for uh, the surgery that he had to remove part of his intestines. We're praying for Hezekiah, for uh, a recovery from the surgery that he had recently. We're praying for Juan in San Antonio, uh, who has an aggressive and advanced cancer. Uh, This is in addition to our uh, prayer list today. We're praying for for Ruben with a pinched nerve that might require some surgery. And uh, rounding up the sick list, we're praying for Patricia Alvarado, who has kidney problems related to cancer. All right, and going down our list, we're praying for uh, my brother-in-law Jude for his business up in New York City. He's a contractor, and uh, so we're praying that the Lord will uh, continue to bless him and bless the work of his hands and bless his his business and uh, steer some business his way. We're also praying for for Brother Aldo and his business at Pro HVAC here in Eagle Pass. Uh, Similar that we want the Lord to... uh, to examine Brother Aldo and bless the work of his hands and, uh, and uh, help him to prosper as well and provide for his family. We're also praying for uh, a great brother in Christ and a great friend, Federico Salinas. We're praying for him, for his family. We're praying for his ministry. And we're praying that the Lord will hedge him about and protect him as he seeks to serve the Lord. We're also praying for, uh, for uh, Brother Alex and for his employment situation. We're praying for Liz with a financial matter. Uh, We're praying for Angela, who is going to be starting classes for her job very, very soon. We're also praying for Isabella and her walk with the Lord, and Jessica for her walk with the Lord. All right, and then moving on down into our unspoken prayer list. Our unspoken prayers are just very simply those prayers that uh, we perhaps don't have the words to describe the particular need, or it could be something very personal that um, only the Lord needs to know the details of. So uh, we are praying for, uh, for Anna Carranza. We're praying for Eduardo Rodriguez. We're praying for Larissa. Uh, we're praying for Hector Manuel and Angela as well. All right. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that we can approach the throne of grace and we can do so boldly because of the sacrifice that was made for us on the cross of Calvary, that when the Lord Jesus Christ cried out that it is finished, the veil in the temple was rent in twain, allowing us as believers access to the Holy of Holies, the throne of grace. Father, tonight we lift up all of those on our salvation prayer list. Father, we just pray that you would uh, draw them into yourself, Father God, that you would just convey to them the need and the necessity to get saved today. Father, we just lift them all up to you, and we ask you to do this miracle in them and their lives, and we'll thank you for it. Going down, Lord, we pray for those that are on our sick list. Lord, we lift up each and every one of them to you, Lord. We're, we're so thankful, Father, that uh, that Mario has been released from the hospital and he is back home with his family, and we were able to take him off of the uh, sick list today. Lord, we also want to pray for, uh, for those that are currently on the list. Lord, we pray that you would touch each and every one. Lord, we pray that... Uh, You would bring a measure of grace to each one, Lord, as they deal with the various illnesses and conditions that they struggle with. Father, we pray that you would just bring healing to each. Lord, we pray that you would touch each body and bring comfort. Lord, we pray that you would minister to the hearts of each one and let them know, Lord, that they're not going through this alone, that you are there with them. And, Lord, if there's any on that list that uh, we might not know of that are in need of salvation, Lord, we pray for them, and we pray that they would be saved. Father, we also pray for uh, those on our general prayer list. Lord, we lift up each one of them to you tonight as well. Uh, For those in, in business, Lord, we pray that you would prosper their business, and, Lord, that you would receive all the glory and the honor for it. We pray, Lord, that you would hedge about each one on the list. You would protect each one as they endeavor to serve. Father, we just pray that you would answer any prayer regarding finances and schoolwork and um, and uh, employment. And, Lord, we just lift up each one of them to you tonight. And again, Lord, we would be appreciative and we would be thankful thankful to you, Lord, for what you do. And then, of course, Father, we pray for those unspoken prayers of our hearts, Lord. We lift up those in our unspoken prayer list. We pray for each need Father, we pray that you would answer each need according to your perfect will for their lives and, Lord, that you would receive all the thanks, all the honor, and the glory for it. Now, Father, tonight we also pray for our Bible study. We lift it up to you, Lord. We ask you to bless the preaching and the teaching of your holy word tonight. Lord, we ask you just to uh, give me the words to speak. Lord, help me as I teach this this important material, Lord, that's uh, present for us in your holy book. Father, help us to have a deep regard for it. Lord, help us to apply it to our lives. And we will thank you so much, Lord, and we love you tonight. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, you could always email them to me by going over to our website, com, filling out the web form in our contact section, and sending them on over. You could also email them to me directly at info at of com, or if you have an open and an active Spreaker account and you are currently logged into Spreaker listening to the show live, uh, you can also head over to our live chat group, and you can drop your prayer request in there or any questions or comments that you might have as well. All right. Well, we have a, uh, a birthday to announce Tonight, And uh, we are going to say a very happy birthday to one of our newer listeners, Stephen McCasland. Uh, He has reached out to us and he has informed us that his birthday is uh, coming up on this coming Saturday. So we want to wish Stephen McCasland a very, very happy birthday on behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family. Stephen, God bless you. Happy birthday. And this is for you.
0: It's your birthday. It's the day that you were born. It's, your it's the day your mama brought you home.
2: Amen. And uh, Brother Stephen, God bless you. Have a very happy birthday on behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family. We pray that the Lord will bless you with many, many, many more. All right, folks. Well, we're going to take our second break for the evening at this point, and that'll give you a chance to go grab your King James Bible if you don't have it already. Maybe get yourself a cup of coffee, uh, maybe a refill, a bottle of water, and when we come back, we'll be getting into tonight's Bible study in Revelation chapter number 15. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share it with your friends, your family and your followers. Hit that five-star review if you don't mind. Look for us on Good Pods, our favorite platform. And uh, you could follow us there at the SOTS podcast. And uh, you can subscribe to the show there and follow me personally. And uh, also, we have a Twitter account for the show, and that is at the SOTS podcast. We look forward to seeing you there as well. And uh, we'll be back right after this. See you in a few minutes.
1: Hey, welcome to the podcast, Busy Believer, where we bring the Bible study to you when life has got you on the run. This podcast releases every single Wednesday with 20 to 30 minute episodes featuring clear cut straight talk in the word of God and actual takeaways from every session. You can expect me, your host, Monica Hansen, on every episode and you can find this podcast on any podcast app on the planet such as Apple, Spotify, Amazon, just to name a few. And if you'd like to subscribe to me, you could do so by going to linktree forward slash warriors of God seventy.
3: Oh, to taste the goodness of the Lord. Satisfying hunger in my heart. Oh, to feed on manna from above. Strength divine, the Spirit shall impart. Oh, to know the presence of the Lord. Oh, to taste, to hear, to feel, to see. Oh, to know presence of the Lord, knowing Christ in full reality. Oh, to hear the cadence of his voice, speaking peace within my inner man. Oh, to hear the tender chords of love, sounding out the guidance of His plan. Oh, to know the presence of the Lord. Oh, to taste, to hear, to feel, to see. Oh, to know the presence of the Lord, knowing. Oh, Oh, to feel the comfort of his touch, graciously upholding me in need. Oh, to sense the everlasting arms, reassuring me to trust his lead. The glory of the Lord shining forth in splendor and in might. Oh, to see the high and lofty one now exalted greatly in our sight, in our sight. Oh, to know the presence of the Lord. Oh, to taste. To hear, to feel, to see, oh, to know the presence of the Lord, knowing Christ.
2: Amen, amen, amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we're about to get into our Bible study for tonight. Folks, this is episode number 101. Last week, we celebrated episode number 100 on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, that was a real blessing, and uh, it really has been an incredible, incredible blessing for me to be able to do this Um I know I've mentioned it many times already, but uh, I never thought in a million years we'd be where we are right now with this uh, with this podcast. I thought for sure uh, that we would have finished long before episode number 10, to be honest. Uh, and I only say that because uh, this is the fourth incarnation of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I've tried this three times before, and... Uh, the Lord just uh, wasn't ready for us to, uh, to to be out there yet, and uh, this time we tried it, and God has blessed it, and uh, we are incredibly, incredibly thankful for it. All right, now uh, we are in Revelation chapter fifteen. Revelation chapter fifteen. So I hope you have your Bible. And uh, I hope it's a King James Bible because, you know, these new perversions that are out there on the market, you're going to read things in there that just are not going to jive with the Word of God. So uh, we are in Revelation chapter number 15, and uh, let's get started here in verse 1. Revelation 15, verse 1. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Now, what we've done so far uh, through Revelation 14 is uh, we've gone through the first half of the tribulation. And so um, now we're entering somewhere in the second half because it's indicated, first of all, uh, by God telling us that these last seven plagues uh, that the uh, these seven angels are carrying... Uh, uh, they are filled up with the wrath of God, so God's wrath finally comes to consummation. So it comes to a place where it's filled up. Now, folks, I, I, I can't even imagine uh, these so-called theologians that somehow want to create a theology that takes people through the tribulation. Man, I wouldn't want to be anywhere around it. You know, I, I would, I wouldn't. You know, if I was of that persuasion, I would be very, very tempted to uh, tweak the book in my favor to make myself believe it. Uh, Now, fortunately, I don't have to do that, but, um, you know, good night, man. You know, when God dumps his wrath out on things, it's going to be a sorry sight. It's going to be a sorry, sorry sight. All right, now, and and I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. All right, now, we have to stop there. Uh, You recall back in chapter 4 and chapter 5, the saints were gathered, and the elders and the beasts and and all of them, they were gathered before a sea of glass. Do you remember that back there in those chapters? And, uh, you know, we recall how that heaven itself, as it were, sits on a sea of glass, a giant frozen sea but it's a sea of glass. It's a a, a transparent kind of thing, right? Uh, but when we get over here to chapter 15, it's mingled with fire. Now, that's the first time we have that picture. Now, the reason why it's mingled with fire is it's representative of God's wrath being full. Whereas back in chapters 4 and 5, there's still some elements of mercy being extended there. But now... Now we see the wrath of God. It's mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. All right, so that's where the idea comes from. You know, you've heard people say, you know, well, you're, you're about to die. You better get caught up on your harp lessons. Well, that's where the harps in heaven come from. So, to be sure, to be sure, there, there, there's harps in heaven. God said so. Uh, I think you'll see in heaven musical instruments that uh, no man has ever thought of or heard of, to be honest. You know, one of the most amazing things about getting to heaven is going to be your senses. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where it says, um, when that which is corruptible is changed to that which is incorruptible, you know, your corruptible body couldn't stand what's going to happen in heaven. Your corruptible ears couldn't assimilate the sounds. Your corruptible eyes couldn't assimilate the sights. Your corruptible brain would just self-combust. It'll blow up. You couldn't take it in your present body. You're going to hear music like you've never heard. You're going to smell things and see things, experience things, and it, it, it's, it's going to be far, far beyond our level of experience or expectation or, or even capability to understand that we have here. That's why Paul said, now we see through a glass darkly. The, the, the whole thing is fuzzy. It's, it's hazy. It's foggy. But one day, God is going to lift the fog. And won't that be a blessing? Won't that be a blessing? That'll, that'll surely be something. Now, we must back up, though, and and make some comments about the verse. So, there are some things in this chapter that would incite a little more inspirational teaching than doctrinal. But um, I want you to notice the crowd that's there on this sea of glass mingled with fire. It's it's said to have gotten the victory. All right, now, what, what these are are tribulation saints that have already been martyred. They've been killed, they've, they've died, and they're already in heaven. So this isn't a scene on earth. This is a scene in heaven. And uh, yet, interestingly and, and uniquely, God says regarding the fact that they're dead and in heaven that they've gotten the victory over the beast. Now, how do you get a victory if you're the one that gets dead? If you're the one that gets killed, how do you get the victory? Well, the idea of the thing is that not only do you get the victory in that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but if you'll ever take some time to read the, the Fox's Book of Martyrs, you'll find out how some of the martyrs got the victory. You know who got the victory when they stoned Stephen back in Acts chapter 7? Stephen did. He's the one that got the victory, and he ends up dead. And you know who was holding the coats of those that were throwing the rocks? Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus, and he turns out to be the Apostle Paul. He writes 13 epistles in the New Testament. Do you know who got the victory? I mean, that's not a bad convert to get, wouldn't you say? Stephen ended up getting the victory. So... Just because we think that we're being defeated doesn't always mean we're being defeated. God knows how to turn things around and get the victory. All right, now it says very clearly what? These have gotten the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark. Well, how did they get the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark? They didn't take it they didn't take the mark they didn't bow down to the image they didn't worship it all right now we have a tremendous biblical precedent for that you know someone who didn't bow down to the image and got the victory you know do you know who do you know what that story is do you know what that story is shadrach meshach and abednego do you remember the deal was that you had to bow down and worship the image and they said nah Now we ain't going to do that. Well, we're going to throw you into a fiery furnace. Well, okay, if if that's what's got to happen. And who got the victory? Well, they did. They did. God put an asbestos suit on them, you know? You know, the real deal is God just preserved them. And old Nebuchadnezzar looks down in there and he goes, Wow, I see one as the Son of God walking with them. The Lord was right there with them. They got the victory. All right, now in the tribulation, there's going to be tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands, you know, perhaps millions, I, I, I don't know, uh, of, of martyrs that won't take the mark, that won't bow down to the image. And, uh, and when they don't bow to the image, well, then, you know, off with their heads. And God says they got the victory. They got the victory. So losing your life isn't the worst thing that can happen to you. Um, It's just not the absolute worst thing. In this case, they ended up on a sea of glass mingled with fire and their harps, you know, having a good time. You know what's going to be great about heaven? I mean, how many of you wanted to learn how to play an instrument but never could quite get around to it? When you hit the shores of heaven, you're going to have an instant ability to be a concert pianist. Won't that be a trip? I mean, you know, just sit down there and. Well, verse 3 And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. Okay, now that particular phrase there enlists um, a great deal of curiosity. So we have to stop here we have to investigate you know what in the world is that all about you know this this crowd here in heaven they've gone through at least the first half you know maybe part of the second half of the tribulation they're up there they've got their harps they're on the sea of glass mingled with fire and you know what they're doing they're singing a song but the song isn't identified now back over in But the song is identified, I should say. Now, back over in chapter 14, the 144,000 were singing a song. They were singing a song, but it wasn't identified. It was a new song. It was simply a new song. But this crowd is singing another song. It's the song of Moses. All right, now, wait a minute. That's already in your Bible. Did you know that? It's recorded for you. It's recorded for you. Go back, and, go back to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. You know what? That's why you've got to know your Old Testament to know your New Testament. That's why you have to know your New Testament to know your Old Testament. You've got to know both of them. One goes with the other. Alright, now we're in Exodus chapter 15. And uh, Moses is getting ready to sing. Now, I don't know if he was a singer or not, but You know, he sang anyway. And you know something? That's the way it ought to be done. Really, that's the way it ought to be done. Sing, whether you're a singer or not. A joyful noise. Amen? A joyful noise. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel, this is verse 1 of Exodus 15, this song unto the Lord. All right, so here it is. The song of Moses that we just read about. And spake, saying... I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. So the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know much about singing. You know, you go to some churches and the the singing is awfully dead. Now, honestly, I don't know how you could be so absolutely passive and dull and dead if there's a song in your heart. I just don't understand that. I, I I really don't. You know, if there's a song in your heart, it's got to come out of your mouth. Isn't that right? It's just got to. And this crowd right here, they're ready to sing. They're ready to sing. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Wow. That's Pharaoh and his bunch. And they're going to sing about it. They're going to sing about someone getting drowned. These bunch of mean-spirited conservatives, right? The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Now, I, I will bet you, that you have never heard a liberal preacher preach on that text in your entire life. And you know something? I bet you never will either. The Lord is a man of war. That's what the book says, doesn't it? And you know, he still is. He is today. It's just the wars that he's invited you to enjoin aren't physical. They're spiritual. But it's war just the same. And you're told that your weapons are not carnal, but what are they? Your weapons are spiritual, but it's war. But it's war. You just mark it down, folks. You know, like you're showing an interest in the word of God. You know, you listen in on Thursday night, or you know, whenever you download the podcast, you know, you open your Bible, you look at the thing, you study the thing, you cogitate on it, you contemplate kind of on it. And the bad news is, you know, before you close that book or you turn me off. You're a target. You're a target. There's going to be a few fiery darts thrown at you. You know, folks get saved, and, uh, and, and almost everyone that gets saved finds out that it's just not real smooth sailing after they've got saved for a while. You know, things get bumpy, don't they? Things get rough. You know why it does? Because you're a target in the war. That's why. Someone's shooting at you. You say, well, I don't like being a target. I don't want to be in a war. I just want to be a pacifist. Well, tough apples. (laughs) Too late, man. Too late. You're in the army. You're in the army, man. It's too late. All right, look at verse 4. Verse 4. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. Talk about mean-spirited. No wonder it's not politically correct to enjoy your Bible today. Amen? No wonder. I mean, look at it. You know, I, I, I could go on down through the song, and it, and it goes several verses, but I think you get the idea. What the song is about is deliverance. It's a song of deliverance. They've just been delivered from Pharaoh and his army. They've just enjoyed the wonderful, miraculous, powerful hand of God in their behalf. That's what they're so thrilled about. That's what they're singing about. All right, now, you know what? If you're really happy about something, if you're really overjoyed with something, you'll find a way to sing about it. You'll make music about it. Do you know why most of the music in the world today is sad? Why most of the music in the world today is melancholy? Because people don't have anything to be glad about. I mean, have you ever just, you know, try it, do it, okay? Do it. Turn it on. Turn on some country music station and listen to the first ten songs. And take your own survey. Don't take my word for it, okay? Take your own survey. And see how many of them are happy songs. Oh, man. Gloom, despair, agony on me, you know, the whole deal, you know? She left me, I left her, we left each other. We're going to leave everybody else, you know? That's the whole deal, isn't it? That's just kind of the way the whole deal goes. The, The world doesn't have a happy song. But you know who has a happy song? Christians do. Christians do. We've been singing happy songs for centuries, and we just keep singing them. They're songs of deliverance. Now, this crowd here is singing the song of Moses. It's a song of deliverance. And we don't really have time to run through all of this, but you know, we could examine in pretty good detail the song of Moses in Exodus 15. And, and what we would find out, among other things, is it's a song of portraying the second advent of Jesus Christ. So in other words, it's a song that's telling us about something that did happen, But the history projects into the future. And we've seen that about a hundred times already in the book of Revelation, haven't we? History is a reflection of the future. Things go full circle. Everything is destined to repeat itself, you see? I mean, folks, that's Bible. That's absolute Bible. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. All right, now they sing a song of Moses, the servant of God. And the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. So this is their song that they're singing. Now it's identified, first of all, as a song of Moses. But other little catchphrases in it appear in other portions of the scripture. All right, take your Bible and look over in Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Now, you know the Lord does this a lot. You know, the Lord will, the Lord will take passages from the Old Testament and then inject them into the New Testament. But that's not all. We're told that the early church, you know, before the church enjoyed a great litany of songwriters that came along and wrote a lot of the hymns that we still utilize to this day, uh, the churches in the dark ages and probably prior to that, uh, a lot of their songs were the Psalms. Uh, and, 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 and these were a lot of the songs that constituted their song service. They sang the Psalms. Now, unfortunately, over time, uh, and the tremendous assault on Bible-believing Christianity in their libraries. You know, if you've, if you've ever studied church history, and, and I think at some point down the road on our Thursday nights, we're going to get into some elements of church history. Uh, the Waldensians in, in northern Italy at one time had a huge library of all kinds of material, and the Pope sent a mercenary army up there and burned that library down to the ground. Because that library was just chock full of good Christian literature. And, uh, and that set a spark that went all the way across Europe, you know, trying to burn down um, you know, the, uh, you know, any printed or, or written material that, that the Bible-believing Christian people had. Just burn it, man. Burn it. And you know something? That's still a heartbeat of the Roman Church to this very day. They didn't want people to have the Word of God then, and they don't want people to have the Word of God today. Do you know why they don't want people to have the Word of God? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, it would put them out of business, it'll make you free. It'll free you from the bondage of religion. It'll free you from a false sense of from a false doctrine and heresy. It'll free you. It'll free you. All right, now we're in Psalm one hundred eighteen, are we not? Psalm one eighteen and let's look at verse fourteen. The Lord is my strength and song, and has become my salvation. Well, now that, that sounds like what we just read over here in Revelation chapter 15. Let's look over in Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12. If you've got the truth, and you know you've got the truth, you know what, folks? You have nothing to hide. Nothing to hide. Verse 2, Isaiah 12. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song he also has become my salvation. All right, so you see salvation and the Lord and all that he provides is a song. And that song of Moses is a song of deliverance. These people have been delivered. They've gotten a victory over the beast, his mark, and his image. Even though they may have been beheaded, even though they may have been martyred and, and lost their lives, they're the ones with the victory they're the ones with a song now there's an inspirational application that really befits us as you know contemporary 2023 christians folks don't look at the world and say they've got it made you no know, they've got it made no you're the one with the song not them you you got the song the song means Everything. Do you know how I know that? Do you know how I know that? Go to the emergency room in a busy hospital. Watch people as they come and go. If you'll just sit there and shut up and watch, it really won't take you long to figure out who's got a song and who doesn't. Just observation. You'll figure out who knows the Lord and who doesn't. You won't even have to say anything. If they've got a song, it just you know kind of... You know, you know, they're not carrying around the same heavy, oppressive spirit that other folks are. There's a difference now. And that's all there is to it. It's a song. It's a song. Now, the Jews sang the song of Moses when they were delivered from, from Egypt at the Exodus. But they also sang it when they returned to the land after the captivity. And that's what Psalm 118 is all about. It's, once again, a song of deliverance. Isaiah 12 looks forward to the time when Israel would be gathered from the nations of the world and returned to her land. So in each case, the song celebrates Israel's deliverance from the enemy. From the enemy. It's a great song. It's a great song. All right? Uh let's uh let's go back to uh Revelation chapter fifteen. Revelation chapter fifteen and verse number five. Revelation fifteen, five. And after that I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. All right, now this is a temple in heaven. This is a this is a different temple, and we've already seen this on a variety of occasions. And the seven angels came out of the temple having the seven plagues clothed in pure and white linen and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. All right, now, these seven angels are in the temple. They come out of the temple, and they have these seven plagues that we read about in verse 1. Now, it's interesting that that these are called, uh, above and beyond anything else, plagues. You know what a plague is? Like the black plague or the bubonic plague or the death plague, you know, all that stuff. That's just the kind of stuff that, you know, reaches up and grabs you. And there's just no place you can go to get away from it. It has an insidious spreading element to it. That's what a plague is. All right. So God calls them plagues. Now, of course, he'll give us more detail in chapter 16. He'll tell us what these plagues are all about, uh, but that's what he's calling them. Now, they have these plagues, and these angels are clothed in pure and white linen and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. So, interestingly, though, this is a costume similar to what we find that the Old Testament priests wore. It has kind of an Old Testament preach Priest approach or an application to it. You know, and and of course, you know, the, the priest was the administrator of what? The priest was the administrator of the law, right? He had to do with the law. You know what? God's wrath is finally full. We learned in verse one and two. Do you know why it's full? The lawbreakers have broken the law about as much as they can break the law. The law has been violated right to the max. Therefore, it's time for judgment. Now, when you were a kid, you knew when you were pushing the limit too much. Didn't you know that? I know I did. I knew when the law was about to get heavy on my head. I knew judicial wrath was about to descend on my part. And a little bit of sense would tell you, you know, back off. Back off. Shut your mouth. Did you ever get into a situation where... um, where temptation just overcame you and you just shot your mouth off anyway? And what you paid the price. You paid the price. Well, you should have. You should have. I did. More than once. More than once. But the one thing that kept you in check to some degree is fear and some degree of conscience. By the time we get out of here in the tribulation, uh, number one, we've got conscience and seared with a hot iron. So that means there's no conscience left and there's no fear of God left because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So what do they what do? They, do? They, they say nuts to God, nuts to God's law and the consequences. I mean, don't you see in our society in, in general eroding to such a point where that becomes an ever-increasing mentality? You know, I mean, I mean, don't you see it headed that way? I don't care what God says. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what the consequences are. I'm just going to live my life and do what I want to do and do my thing. Well, you know, that becomes maxed out. And so these seven angels show up as administrators of the law, clothed in white and pure linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. But you know something? That's not all. It's also a picture of another priest. Go over to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Now, here's another priest. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. All right, now, here we are. Here's a description of the Son of Man, who is Jesus Christ, and he's clothed in a similar fashion as we just read. Now, he's introduced to us back here in Revelation chapter 1, coming to execute wrath and judgment upon the world. Hence, this particular kind of clothing and apparel all right so what the lord's getting ready to do is he's just saying okay i've had it this is the last deal i'm gonna i'm just gonna max this thing out and boom it's gonna cloud up and rain like it's never rained and i don't mean water i mean god's judgment All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take our last break of the evening here. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. And we'll be back right after this. Don't you go away. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we are studying Revelation chapter number 15, and uh, we're coming up on verse number 7. Revelation chapter 15 and verse number 7. Now folks, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have an active speaker account and you are currently logged in, uh, why don't you jump on into the chat room and say hello. Let us know uh, any questions or comments that you might have about tonight's subject or if you have a prayer request of any type. And uh, don't forget to also check us out uh, on Good Pods. If you don't have a Good Pods account, you really should get one. Good Pods is a great platform for the independent podcasters and uh, independent podcasts like this one. Uh, It's a great way to uh, to help get exposure and to uh, and uh, and to connect. And connecting with your listeners is great because uh, you can you can make comments on the show and uh, we can interact that way. uh, And it's a real blessing. And we made some really good connections with a bunch of folks. And uh, also want to say welcome to uh, the new listeners. Uh, who have been uh, subscribing to us over the last couple of days through Good Pods. Thank you so much for subscribing. We appreciate that. And also, we've noticed that our Spotify numbers have been going up a little bit, too, which is uh, also a blessing. So uh, we appreciate that. So you can find us on all of your major podcasting platforms. You could uh, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, of course, uh, Amazon. Uh, You can find us on Pandora. You can find us... uh, on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of your major podcasting platforms. So don't forget to check us out. And uh, we would appreciate that very, very much. All right, uh, Revelation chapter 15 and verse 7, and one of the four beasts, um, and all right, you know, we've studied these already, these four beasts, and um, one of the four beasts, uh, these are the ones that surround the throne of God, that is. uh, And one of the four beasts, gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever all right so one of the four beasts is handing out these seven golden vials full of the wrath of God now there are two kinds of vials found in the book of revelation one is a f- one is a vial full of god's wrath the other is a vial full of the prayers of the saints. Now, do you know what's holding back the wrath of God on the world today? It's the other kind of vial. One vial is being counterbalanced by the other vial. It's the prayers of the saints. It's just the saints. You know, you're the salt of the earth. That's what you are. And millions of folks like you, if you're saved. If you're saved, if you're born again, you're the salt of the earth. You're holding back the wrath of God. You're not going to see the wrath of God as a child of God. God's going to get you out of here before he dumps his wrath on all this. And we've seen some passages over in First Thessalonians about that. All right, now, but when God pulls you out, and all those that know him and love him, he pulls you out of here. What's going to prevent him from dumping his wrath on this mess? There's no preventative thing left here nothing left, nothing left. And he says, okay, uh, verse 8, and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. All right, now back in the Old Testament, when they when they first built the tabernacle and then, and then later they, they built the temple, God manifest his glory in that tabernacle and in that temple in what? In a cloud. Amen. But now here we have smoke. The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. You see, God's manifesting himself in a different way in this temple. This is a heavenly temple. It's not a cloud. It's smoke. And do you know what smoke is? It's a picture of the wrath of God. It's a picture of judgment. Well, How do we know that? Well, let's look back over in chapter 9. Chapter 9 in verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. So I guess that's the best reason I know not to smoke, right? You know, I've told folks for a long time, you know, smoking won't send you to hell, and it won't. Smoking will not send you to hell. It'll make you smell like you've been there, but it won't send you there. Now, wouldn't it be something to get to heaven and the Lord says, well, you died of lung cancer, you know, uh, and the Lord says, hmm, another suicide. That ought to be tough on those guys that believe suicide is a mortal sin, amen? Amen. You know, the unforgivable sin. You know that some people believe that, right? They believe that that suicide is the unpardonable sin. I don't believe that. That's not Bible. But, uh, I mean, wouldn't that be something, though? Okay, Pete, here's another suicide deal. Uh, He's going to live on Suicide Boulevard. (laughs) And someone says, you know, the Lord wouldn't do that. Well, I don't know about that. You know, the Lord's got a pretty twisted sense of humor. Did you ever notice that? He does. He does. All right? But now watch it. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God. You now, I, I wonder, I wonder if that's why the Church of Rome takes those incense pots, you know, the ones that emanate all the smoke. Have you ever been to a Roman funeral? Have you ever been to one? I mean, they're swinging the pot and the smoke is coming out. And did you ever wonder what that smoke was for? I mean, except to make you cough. You know, what's it for? You know, why in the world would you go to a church and swing smoke? To make you suffer? Maybe. Maybe. Why would you do that? Swing a bunch of smoke. It's It's a really kind of a morbid deal when you think about it. You know, why would you do that? I'll tell you why. They're trying to emulate the glory of God. Well, number one, you can't emulate the glory of God by getting some smoke in a pot. You know, and here's just a... Just a, something to throw out there. What do they call marijuana pot anyway? Amen? I mean, there's got to be a connection there somewhere, you know? You can't manufacture the glory of God. And then, secondly, uh, when the glory of God is manifested in, in the form of, of filling the house with smoke, it's not representative of mercy and grace, it's representative of judgment. Judgment's coming. That's what the Lord is telling us over and over and over and over again in chapter 15. Smoke from the glory of God and his power. Now, notice the last part of this verse. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. All right, now let me ask you a question. Um, Why would anyone... um, Let's go back to the temple. Okay. The first tabernacle way back in Genesis and 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 the tabernacle which was um which was in a, in a sense was a prototype of the temple to come. Why would anyone want to go in there? What would be the purpose or the mission of someone going into the temple? To sacrifice. What was the sacrifice for? Sin. For sins. So if someone went in, for example, the high priest, he went in to sacrifice for, for the sins of the people, he, he is, in effect, an intercessor. Is that not correct? That's what he's doing. He's fulfilling the role of the intercessor. That's why today, praise God, you and I can claim that verse that says there is one God and one mediator between God and men, that is, the man, Christ Jesus. He is our intercessor. He is our intercessor. But you see, it was the object of the temple to, to allow a, a place and a format for an intercessor to go in. You don't put yourself in the position of the Old Testament, the Old Testament saint. Did you ever think about that? I mean, let, let's say you're an Old Testament Jew living around Josiah's time, right? And you've been reading your Old Testament a little bit. And uh, you know a little bit about this, a little bit about that, but you also know that there's, it's been several years since they've had a Passover. So in other words, there have been no sacrifices. There's been no high priest going into the temple on behalf of the people. And, uh, you know, uh, Grandpa's about ready to kick the bucket. And you're not a theological illiterate. You know something about the Passover and what it stands for and, and, and the other Levitical sacrificial systems. And you're wondering, you know, shouldn't we be a little concerned about Grandpa's soul? Shouldn't we be a little concerned about his sin? But what are we going to do here? You know, and and of course, this is just, you know, ecclesiastical trite, you know, but um, you know what they say? All those people had to do was look forward to the cross, just like we look backwards to the cross. That's just the biggest bunch of hooey you've ever heard in your life. You couldn't prove that anywhere in your Bible. Quite the contrary. Folks, they didn't know anything about the cross. I'll tell you what. If they had to build a whole theological system on the concept of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross based based on Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 and a few other verses you know, that crowd points out, they'd have to be theological wizards. And if they're like folks today, theologically, they didn't have enough brains to come to come in out of the rain. So they're in trouble, right? Deep trouble. Now you see, God had a system for them. It didn't secure a permanent forgiveness. It secured remission. But they had to utilize a system that God put in place to get the remission so that when Christ did die, they could get the eternal forgiveness. Now, here you are. Grandpa's about to kick the bucket. Wow, man, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, there's a new king in the land, and his name is Josiah. And he has a little bit more of a spiritual heartbeat than most, and he says, do you know what I think we're going to do? It's been a long time since we've had a Passover. I think we'll have a Passover. And your heart goes, yeah, that's good news. I'm excited for that. Well, when is this Passover? Well, it's going to be at such and such time. Oh, that, that's great. Let's get in on this. Let's find a lamb without blemish. Let's see what we can do. Let's participate. I mean, you know, let's get Grandpa as ready as we can get him because we know he's going to croak. You know, I mean, we wouldn't you? I mean, and, and, and isn't that... I mean, I mean, you're doing the same thing today when you get concerned about folks dying and you're trying to give them a gospel tract. You're showing them the Passover. You're showing them the Passover lamb. You're doing the same thing when you tell folks that there's an eternity. There's another side to this whole thing. There's a flip side to the coin. And what you need to do is consider Christ... Well, who is Christ? The Passover lamb. You're doing the same thing. The same identical thing when you witness to people. It's just a little different deal. Theirs was was temporary, point to this, pointing to something permanent, whereas yours is already permanently secured. All right, so well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, oh hey, guess what? We just got word that they're celebrating the Passover and the high priest tomorrow is going to be going into the Holy of Holies and he's going to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. Let's go up to Jerusalem. Let's be there. Let's participate in any way we can. Let's, let's drag old grandpa in a litter if, if we have to. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. I mean, I would have. I would have, but now we have, you know, all of a sudden this this phenomenal verse in front of us that says, and no man was able to enter into the temple, nobody, nobody, till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Well, what's God saying? There'll be no intercession. There'll be no intercession. There'll be no prayers on their behalf. There'll be no one interceding. Oh, boy. I mean, wow. Wow. Now, I believe, and this is another sermon, but you know, I believe there are saints in heaven today interceding on our behalf, and I know the Son of God intercedes on our behalf right now, today, as we speak. But no interceding then. That's how you know the wrath of God is maxed out. Maxed out. When God says, we're not going to pray for them anymore. We're not going to pray for them anymore. Now we see that today in kind of a miniature, I believe. And let, let me explain to you what I mean. And then you know, we'll conclude here in a couple of minutes. Um, did you ever identify someone, you know, someone that was lost, and you prayed for them, and you prayed for them and you prayed for, and you witnessed to them, and then you asked other folks to pray for them? And uh, you know maybe you did for weeks, months, you, know, years maybe and and did it ever happen to you that at least on on the occasion of a few, you know, not all, but but a few, you know, maybe one or two people that seem like, you know, eh. it's not because you ceased praying. It's not because you ceased carrying a burden for souls. It's not because you got backslid and stopped reading your bible. But for some unknown, unidentifiable reason that you just really couldn't put your finger on you just kind of you know lost all sensitivity toward that person and one day you said you know i'm just not interceding for them anymore i'm not praying for them anymore did you ever notice that i have i've noticed that i've noticed it you know, after a while it's it's not that you consciously made a decision to quit praying for them it's not like that it's not like that at all it was an unconscious you know well you just you know turned your attention somewhere else well what I think happens is you know people reject the truth, reject the truth, reject the truth, resist the truth, reject the truth, there becomes a hardening, you know, um, a searing of the conscience, and over a period of time, th- there probably is, you know, just through the natural process of events, you know, less and less intercession on their behalf. Um, you know, lots of sermons have been built on that idea. You know, the sin unto death and all that kind of thing that you can get into. But, um, you know, but it seems to go that way. Do you know one way? I know that. You know, I I've been I've been saved for going on 23 years, you know, and over those 23 odd years, you know, you know, I've watched men in in men's prayer meetings that I've been to and that I've led. You know, I've seen men come and be faithful, come, you know, week after week after week and they'll say hey, you know, I want you to pray for this guy here. I'm really burdened about, you know, that his name will get mentioned and then get mentioned. And that guy might pray for that guy two or three or, you know, maybe four years, you know, he'll be mentioning that name, you know, sometimes even longer than that. But uh, so many times, you know, you'll see that after a while, it just kind of, you know, slowly gets dropped and then someone else replaces him. Did you ever notice that? Um, is that to to suggest that we should quit praying for folks? Not as long as the Lord puts them on your heart. Not as long as the Lord puts them on your heart. No, you pray for them. You pray for them, but, but, you know, there's no doubt about it. You can identify, you know, if, if you're sensitive toward the Lord and you've got, you know, some communication going with him and some fellowship with him, you know, he'll impress upon you who to intercede for. You know, you won't have to search and wonder and scratch your head. You know, he'll impress upon you. You know, you just get alone. You just visit with him. You know, he'll, he'll tell you who he wants you to pray for. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Have you experienced that? He'll tell you. He'll tell you who to pray for. Um in the last half of the tribulation there's no man entering into the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels is fulfilled no intercession you know, i can't imagine what it would be like to live in a world that was filled with the wrath of god and the seven plagues of the seven angels and then, and there was no one interceding i don't i don't think in our wildest imaginations we can concoct in our mind the you know, the wretched, awful, terrible, hideous scene that'll be projected. I, I don't think we can even imagine no one interceding. You know, I, I believe the only reason America hasn't been flushed down the giant toilet of society today is there are still folks praying. Do you know what Billy Graham said somewhere about, oh man, like 50 years ago? Billy Graham said. If God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said that something like 50 years ago. Yeah, he was right. Well, then what's preventing? It's interceding prayers of God's people. That's what it is. You know, why do some people that have resisted and turned a hard heart toward the gospel continue to be confronted with it? You know, why do they have succeeding opportunities when, you know, by rights, they ought not to? I'll tell you why. It's folks praying for them. It's folks praying for them. Um, you know, the intercessory power of prayer can never be underestimated. Now, if, if, you know, if you've walked with the Lord very long and if you've had some fellowship with the Lord, and at some point you've experienced what I'm about to describe to you. And you know something—if you haven't, someday you will. Someday you will, if you just keep fellowshipping with the Lord. If you haven't, someday you will. And 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 here's how's the whole. Here's how the whole thing is going to go. You know, you're going to be in all of a sudden. You know, one day, sometime, some unusual set of circumstances, a perilous situation. It. it it may be life-threatening, it may not, but you'll consider it to be perilous, know, be it physical, emotional, or otherwise. You know, you're you're going to consider it to be one of those things that, that takes your breath away. You know, and then in, in one fell swoop, instant and without any provocation of any external circumstances that you have any control over whatsoever, something is just going to happen to salvage you and the situation. You know, it might be a week, it might be two, it might be a month, it might be a year, it might be five years. You're going to find out from one of the saints that at that precise instant and moment in time, they were praying for you. And it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. And you're going to say, Oh, that was it. That was it. Someone was praying for me. You know, maybe it was overcoming a huge temptation and, and you know, you were wrestling, you know, right at the crossroads, you know. Do I, don't I? I mean, you know how it is, you know, the flesh and the spirit were kind of duking it out, you know, and you're trying to figure out what you're gonna do when your old flesh was pulling you one way and the spirit was pulling you the other way, and you know, you were just wrestling with it and, and then all of a sudden for some unknown reason you got a sense of calm, a sense of God's peace and direction. And you got the victory. And you say to yourself, well, how'd that happen? And then you find out that someone's praying for you. Right about then. Now, when we hit the judgment seat of Christ, I think the Lord's going to reveal all that stuff to us. You know, he'll go back through your clock and say, hey, remember here? Remember there? What about there? And there? And there? Yeah, do you remember right then? when you were just about to throw the towel in you were just about ready to quit and you were just about ready to jump overboard and forget this whole Christianity thing and just go back and live for the devil and throw caution to the wind then all of a sudden something triggered something and you say yeah then the Lord will say you see that little old prayer warrior right over there now you see now, some people get the wrong notion. They think that when, when folks say they're praying for you, that it means they, they think you have some you know, glaring inconsistency or insufficiency or, or, or some kind of a character flaw. That's just dumb. That's dumb thinking. That's, that's not right. When folks tell me they're praying for me, I am absolutely thrilled to death That is the best news that you can give me. Amen? That's the best news you can give me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I do. I really do. But in the tribulation, in the tribulation, nobody gets in the temple, no intercession. And you know, we enjoy the great liberty and freedom of intercession in this age in which we live. Not only can we intercede on behalf of each other and, and on behalf of each other and for each other, but we're told that Jesus Christ Himself makes intercession for us, and that in and of itself should thrill you. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for tonight. We want to thank you for our study in Revelation chapter 15. Father, we ask you to bless the word of God as it went out tonight. Father, we ask you to bless each and every one under the sound of my voice tonight. And Father, if there are any that are not saved, Father, I pray tonight would be the night that they call upon the name of the only Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and ask to be saved. And Father, we thank you so much for the love, the mercy, and the grace that you pour out upon us now at this time of history, because Lord, we know that at some point, that fountain of mercy, grace, is going to be closed, and there will be no one to make intercession on our behalf. Father, we thank you so much for all that you do. We ask you tonight just to continue to bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, that will just about do it tonight for our study in Revelation chapter 15. Thanks so much for spending your night with us tonight. I hope this was a blessing to you. Head over to Sword of the Spirit send us over a message. Uh, email us, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Uh, if you could help us out with a monthly recurring contribution, that would be great. If not, a one-time would be fine, too. Well, until we see each other again next week, win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you. Take care.